Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. to this is our second episode uh by ourselves what the hell and um today we're gonna just cover a couple topics we keep these party pretty laid back um as the show develops and we uh kind of get a feel for how we want to run this we'll do be doing some q a having guests on interviews um but uh we had a couple um concepts in mind and we will talk about what worked well well this week and what we like coming up and what we're uh thoughts are going to next week as far as cryptocurrencies some of the positions we took and did well with this week and kind of what we're eyeing for next week um but that said yeah this is jason jenkins um i'm the uh founder and head trader at jenkins risk management and then i'm here with alec who's my partner and um Alec, what do you want to go over today? Do you have some ideas? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I thought it would be pretty fun if we talked about uh, some guys last week were interested in what your perspective might be on uh, Peter Schiff's interview with Joe Rogan and what your opinion is on the gold versus crypto, dollar, and all this stuff behind that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they had mentioned that, and that's a good topic. It's one I kind of like to talk about. You know, I've, I I did catch some of that interview, and then I've heard him speak. I mean, Peter's Peter's great. I mean, I, I've always agreed with his economics. He's obviously been in the business a long time. He's got a lot of experience. He's well known. Um, but that said, I do get a little get competitive. I mean, he's old Wall Street, and we're building a kind of quote unquote new Wall Street firm. So. When it comes to the timing aspect, um, I don't always agree with some of his calls on the dollar and his gold call. He's, he tends to be very uh, what we call a permeable when it comes to the to gold price, and uh, he's kind of always perma bearish on the dollar. Um, so I just kind of disagree with the timing, I and mean, that's what we try to really focus on. Is yeah, that's great to have a. a valuation idea or a story or a fundamental view but at the end of the day where you're gonna get the most alpha and make the most money is you gotta have some sort of timing you gotta have some sort of timing model right Alex you know know, we work on that oh yeah we really try to focus on the cycles and the cyclical stuff that's the cyclical analysis that that um you've kind of been building the business around in our trading model um, but there's some interesting points in what he talks about. I mean, I agree with oh, he's a lot of laissez-faire, uh, Austrian economics. That's that's exactly you know Adam Smith invisible hand. I agree with his economics. Um, I do not like the centrally planned Marxist um, uh, Keynesian economics that a lot of finance has been kind of centered around the last 10, 20, 30 years. It hasn't worked. And the real question is, you know, what is going to happen to the dollar? We obviously have a huge debt problem. Um, 
you know, we never we never really addressed any of the issues out of 2008, 2009, and a lot of that stuff's still on the time horizon. So, but when we when we talk about the dollar, before you get into debt and before you get into um, the Fed and this and that and the other, you got to kind of have an understanding of well, when we talk about cryptocurrencies, we talk about what is money. Um, the term around the crypto community, lots of people like to throw around fiat. And we kind of we should step back and kind of look at the history of money because most of the problems aren't about we want to argue about what is money, but it's really the abuse of and the fiscal mis mismanagement behind the government system and the debt that usually is what brings down a nation state, brings down an empire, a country, a municipality, a, a corporation. It's always the mismanagement on the fiscal side. So I thought, I just was thinking about this this week and there's a couple things I jotted down. So what's interesting is the history of, um, when we look at the difference between money and currency, you know, the definition of currency is it's the official monetary instrument used in commerce, right? So it's what the legal tender is. So whatever the government will accept in mm -hmm. terms of payment, right, or taxes, that's that's really the idea of currency. So money, when we talk about money, money is just whatever people decide. It's just a language. It's just a communication between people. You know, the Indians, depending on what part of the the nation you were in, if you were by the ocean or if you were somewhere inland, seashells had a different value and that was a form of exchange and so money's been a lot of things throughout history cattle um most people know this grain um but the idea that something is fiat because it has to be backed by a specific commodity like gold is not actually true what fiat is just the term for a government is declaring the value of something and the problem with all these people that want to either think about, well, we should have a digital currency that's backed by gold. Well, it, it doesn't really need to be backed by anything. The problem is when, like even when you had um, the dollar was backed by gold, if we go back to the gold standard or some form of that, the government can just come out, even though it's backed by, quote, gold, and declare that, okay, tomorrow gold's going to be worth 10000 and they've done that before. That's just a way of them of devaluing all the currency and your purchasing power comes down. So the government, fiat is kind of a, a word that everybody throws around. But we have to understand that just because we're in the floating exchange rate system where, you know, you might have X amount of euros, Alec. I might have X amount of yen. Mm -hmm. And just because it's not tied to the gold standard, it doesn't mean it's not backed by anything. The reality of that situation is it's a supply and demand of the currency, but it it's the confidence in the people of that currency of that currency and the the uh, financial condition of that country um so when you see the euro don't go down that's a that's that's a showing yes there's things to do with the central bank conversion rates etc or interest rates but really it's a, it's a vote by the marketplace and the confidence of eurozone as a whole so when people say that it's not backed by anything, that's not really true. And you can look at history. Um, I mean, the Chinese for for centuries had paper currency. It's not backed by anything. There's pretty much throughout history, what is money? It hasn't really been backed by anything. There's times where, yeah, you tie it to real estate or different assets. But the point is that it's 
it's not really what is money that's the, the issue is that what do you do about the debt? What do you do about the government mismanagement, mismanagement or uh, financial responsibility around that? Um, but what's interesting, like, so the, the word, the word um, money is actually comes from, it's an old legend that it was about when the, uh, the Gauls attempted to invade the city of Rome. And the way the story goes is that as the Gauls were approaching, they scared this flock of geese and they made a bunch of noise. And then that noise happened to be right near the temple of Juno. And that alerted the Romans that there was going to be a surprise attack. And so the word monere, which means to warn, that's how it got associated with money. And, and that temple of Juno became temple of Juno moneta. Um, so that's... That, along with another Latin word, currency, comes from the, uh, the word to flow. And I'm trying to think of the name of that was curé. Okay. Or we said, I was trying to say it to you the other day. How do we say for yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. That's an interesting story, though. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's where it comes from. And then they were, um, that means to run. So, um Essentially, that's why you see like Juno Moneta, that picture of the Roman coin. She's holding the balance of scales in one hand, the other. Yeah. But the point is, is that I mean, you you'll have the gold bugs say, well, you know, gold is money, blah blah blah. I mean, they'll they'll try to. I mean, you can get a gold bug so wound up just by telling them that gold is money. They'll say it all, you know, till they're blue in the face, but. You can't pay your taxes in gold or silver. The U.S. government won't take that. If you walk into, you can't pay online at Amazon with your gold or silver. <laughs> so going around and around about what is money, it's really more about <laughs> what is it going to be backed by or where does the confidence come from? That's what really what drives any the value of anything. So when I hear, you know, Peter, he goes, he wants to talk about the value of Bitcoin could be zero tomorrow. Well, yeah, the value of anything could be zero tomorrow if people lose confidence in it. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that, you know, he, he gets so bent up about, well, it's not backed by anything. It's not backed by anything. Gold's been around for 5,000 years. Well, okay. Well, look what happened when we were on the gold standard. We had to break in 1971 from Bretton Woods. Why do we have to do that? Because the government never stopped printing. It was backed by all this so-called gold, but there wasn't enough gold. So we finally had to break with that. So it wasn't the fact that it was backed by gold that stopped the mismanagement. The politicians kept borrowing, kept borrowing. And then finally, they, they couldn't keep that system of printing. They needed to keep doing that to roll the debts, et cetera. They had to break. So going back to the gold standard or tying cryptocurrencies, the gold standard is, I mean, we're way past that. And so, the, you know, that's what's kind of, frustrating for me is these guys want to keep going to that standard when it never worked before. And so here we don't need to do that, whether it's paper or we move, we're obviously moving to digital. This is, everything's moving online, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody goes to the store to buy books now. That's online. We don't send mail. We send email. Yeah. We don't, yeah. you know, we're not doing DVDs. Everything's digital. So it's just the next phase. We're in the internet of money and it's, it's going to go digital. So it's only going to go digital where 
governments are going to be more totalitarian and we're going to get the choice to have, you know, the government decide when they want to switch your digital account, your digital currency on or off and include you in the system or kick you out. Or we go the route, which we are right now, which is great about what the free market's doing is we're creating this privatized, decentralized network and monetary system. And if we can keep doing that and get ahead of the governments, when because the next big problem, is this, this next big crisis is going to be in government debt. We went through the problems with real estate and all the derivatives there that turned into the, the banking crisis, and that was mostly on the private side. This next time, it's going to be at the local level. The municipalities are broke. You look at Illinois, you look at Chicago. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And then on the federal level, I mean, we have whole nation states. I mean, Europe's a disaster. Our debt's a disaster. Japan. Um, and so it's going to be it's going to be government, and it's going to be a collapse in conference in the public sector. That's going to be the big issue. And you got these central banks like ECB. We have, you know, out that's we had five thousand year lows in interest rates if you go back and you look at the, the world history of interest rates yeah five thousand year lows and negative rates which no economist ever conceived would ever be possible that anybody would ever buy any you know any bond and negative yield right uh-huh. and you have the ecb and draghi buying all of this stuff so five thousand year low in rates right lower yields means higher prices the ECB has been buying every bond from these banks on the absolute high of the one of the biggest bubbles in history. So Peter, he likes to talk about, well, there's a bubble in the stock market. No, this, the bubble is in the bond market. 5,000-year low rates, negative rates. You have the ECB buying the all-time highs. And guess what? When rates start to rise, ECB will blow up. The Fed's going to blow up when rates rise. And the interest expense on the debt will absolutely explode and it'll be game over at that, that point. That's when you're going to need a new monetary system. And it's not going to be gold that's going to lead it us into this new monetary system. Usually every 30, 40 years, we got to make a change. Last time was Brenton Woods, like I kind of mentioned in the 70s. Well, this time, I really think it's going to be the cryptos currency that's going to play a big role in that. And, and people are going to, hopefully, people are going to look and say, wow. Look what these governments did, especially in the West. They leveraged up way too much debt. And when it blows up, and we will have a sovereign debt crisis, just like you saw in Greece, that was the tip of the iceberg. And the, the key trigger will be when rates rise, because then the government's not going to be able to borrow so easily. The interest expenditure goes up, and you just can't keep rolling the debt, and then the whole thing just spirals, and you have interest rates just go through the roof. Mm-hmm. When that happens... That's when we're going to have to make a choice. You're going to either have debt, default on the debt, uh, like in traditional ways, and just the bondholders are going to have to take it. Or you can print your way out, or you got to do some sort of restructure. Um, But I really think it's going to be this decentralized cryptocurrency, digital currency that's going to play a big role in the new monetary system. And more than likely... We could have that new monetary system as early as 2018, but probably more on the other side of the next business cycle, which is after 2020. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think that's – you have any thoughts on that, Al? I mean, it, 
Not too much to add to what you've already said, but the need for central banks, you know, people are beginning to see is unnecessary when we have the trustless, you know, communication and currency available to us, like Bitcoin. Right. right. I mean, and I think, it, you know, it's usually a you see these shifts in confidence between the public sector and the private sector. In the roaring 20s, we had a big private sector wave. Well, in the 80s, we had a big, it was a public sector confidence. That's when you saw the interest rates were high. A lot of people were putting money in bonds. And now we've swung the other way. And if we go through this sovereign debt crisis, you're going to see a lot of confidence collapse in government. And that's going to swing people away from bonds and away from muni debt. Or, I mean, just look at Social Security. That's a disaster. I mean, it's just, it's a ticking time bomb. And the more that the central banks struggle and that confidence is lost, I think you're going to see that's even going to benefit more Bitcoin. It's going to benefit more of these decentralized private um, technologies. So that's what I'm most excited about. I mean, I think it's really a way that the Internet is taking that power away from central Governments. I mean that, and that's not all bad. I mean, central banks are designed to step in to 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 provide liquidity in terms of times of bank runs and things like that. But it's just it's just gotten so much. It's just way beyond that. And then what they're doing with negative rates, they're just way outside of what I mean. I mean, uh, they there was a need for the trusted third party that can hold a ledger, right? So everyone can you know count on that third party to you know hold all the transactions in the ledger itself but now with all this de decentralization you know the ledger can be trustless where yeah you know, and yeah exactly i mean and it's going to be a fight i mean the government can always come in and say well this is illegal they can say you got to declare it you got to you, you know we won't make it illegal to have bitcoin but the failure to report all your holdings to us well we'll throw you in jail for that i mean they can play those games but at the same time they have to be careful because this is a this is and that's what i would say to peter man you're missing that this isn't just about bitcoin and an asset price that people are going that you know you don't understand and it's had a big run. This is this is a technology that is the, the internet of money. It is like the next wave of the internet. If it's not Bitcoin, it doesn't matter. The blockchain technology is out there. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. Mm -hmm. So you, if, if a country decides they want to outlaw it, well, guess what? They just basically, that's suicide to that country. That's, that would be the same thing as them turning off the internet. Like your economy would, you would, you would not be competitive. So the smart countries, if that's, if that tends to happen, you can already see it. Like, like Singapore and these places that are welcoming ICOs and stuff like that. The ones that, the ones that are welcome this shift and they start to catch on to the cryptocurrency and embrace it, they're going to do well. The ones that try to fight it because they want to keep control. And that might be what happens to the U.S. I mean, we have the world's reserve currency. That's not an easy thing to kind of give up. So, I don't know. That's always a big risk. Um, but I would just say one other thing on when I think about what Peter says about the dollar and gold. And that's back to our timing stuff. I mean, you got – like, Peter, I love what he says, but, man, he – He's always talking about the dollar's going to crash, the stock market's a bubble – 
it's just not really that helpful. I mean, gold is, was in a bull market for three years. It peaked in 2011. It peaked right with the, the global business cycle that we talk about. It's an 8.6-year wave frequency. And since then, it was it was in a two- to three-year bear market, and then it was been a sideways for the last 18 months, really. So having a long-term view, yeah, well, gold is this or that. It should be back to monetary system needs to go back to being backed by gold. It's just not helpful to his clients or anybody else if you're trying to make money not having a timing model. I'd rather hear him say, okay, gold peaked in 2011. We like taking our profits. We broke this level at 1250. Now it's in a bear market and go the other way and, and be a seller of gold or be short. I don't ever hear him say that. And then just recently I heard him talk. He said, well, yeah, the dollars, I think it's going to break the all-time lows. It had a big rally here in 2013, 2014. Well, yeah, so it had a massive rally. That whole time your clients are going to be short the dollar in 2013, 2014. I mean, that's not what we do. We, we just trade it how it is. If, if, we catch, if we see that the long term is breaking our model, our trend model, we, we go with it, right? So – that's what we've had. I mean, the dollar is still in a long-term bull market. And we've talked about that. The area that it held um, this week was a big, big area. And until it breaks that 95, 93 area, I think, on the dollar index, or as long as the euro is below really 122, 125, you're still in a long-term bear market on the euro. So I would just like to see some of these older Wall Street guys having more of a timing. I mean, they, they can talk well. They get up there. They, they, they can give a great story. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of it, he's like, well, I'm not bearish. I think the dollar is going to make all-time new lows. <laughs> well, yeah, but the question is when. I mean, yeah. that hasn't worked for the last three years. So I don't think that's what people are interested in anymore. you got to have a timing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I don't know. And I think it's good that people are still really um, skeptical about Bitcoin. I mean, I, I, well, even, I mean, you should be. I mean, it's still so early in this transition. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have still has a lot of challenges. I mean, you understand that stuff more than I do, like the technical side. I mean, guys are talking about why it's slow and you know, we were talking about today. Well, Litecoin, you know, is it going to run into is it, will it get slower as it has more adoption? It's like, yeah, of course it will. I mean, it's operating on a much smaller scale. As more use goes up, it's going to have its issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just see it from a sentiment perspective. I even heard somebody in the restaurant the other day, the guy was a web developer, and he's like, yeah, Bitcoin's, you know, Bitcoin's for, for, for uh, criminals. Yeah, well, those, so, those make good news stories. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we need those people to trade against. And when everybody, when you start to hear everybody piling on Bitcoin, I mean, that's going to be after the investor phase. Mm-hmm. Once all the institutions get in, then the average person will start to see it, and they'll jump in at the top. Then, we'll, then we'll know that's pretty much. And and listen, we'll hopefully by then some of these options exchanges come out, and we'll be ready to go short. I mean. If and when our models, we want to be bearish, we have no problem going both ways and getting short, right? So hopefully by then it'll be a little easier to short. I think we're two to five years away from any kind of major bear market, though. I think that's why there there hasn't been the option. There's no need for it yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if these people chase some of these little bubble tops we've had, like not, I don't even like the term bubble top. I mean, just basically like little bursts on its little growth, little growth spurts along the way here. But yeah, I mean, you could lose 50% if you had really bad timing. It would be nice to get some of these options out because then we could buy puts. I mean, even up here against 5,000, this is a great spot. You keep your position, but you buy some out of the money 4,000 puts. You go out like two or three months. If the price corrects, great. You take your money on your puts and then you start to buy, you know build your position back in on the long side. So hopefully, I don't know, have you heard any more about that on those Ledger X guys? The last I heard was fall, so I guess that's... There really next. hasn't been too much news, no. Yeah, I thought maybe October. I haven't seen anything else out. And then I know you said like Binance might have options. I, I don't know, I didn't get much past their site. I think there's a little bit of a language barrier there. Honestly, I mean, it's not really too, not really worth a look yet. I have I personally have no interest in shorting anything at this point. Oh, I know, and that's why I'd rather buy the puts, you know, because yeah. that's at least a hedge. I mean, you could buy the structure of the puts where you like insurance, where you spend, I don't know, if you got five grand invested in Bitcoin, you spend two hundred and fifty bucks on puts. If it goes up, you're still making money. If it rolls over, you got the right to sell. You can, you know, you can hedge yourself for just a little bit of the money. That's probably what really needs to happen here pretty soon i mean the institutions they're going to want that for sure mm -hmm. but that'll be exciting yeah well what else think about. did you want to talk about you want to talk about some of our plays this week oh man there's been so many of them it's hard to decide which ones to talk about <laughs> uh, uh, i mean we go first with our i mean we just covered some more basic attention token today yeah we had a good week basic attention token um I didn't, I mean, I think you posted that article, something about the ad of the browser. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty interesting project. I mean, co-founded by the Mozilla and Firefox, the co-founder. Mm -hmm. I mean, that alone, it's a pretty solid team. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, their goal is to take that middleman, you know, the trackers, all that fraud on advertising to help cut the costs. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's we don't really have to tell you guys how prevalent advertising is, you know, this day of age. Right. Pretty big industry. Well, it'll be cool when you can get on there and get paid. I think that's one of his visions. I listened to one of his YouTubes. To you know, you can get paid as you're just on there surfing. Yeah, uh, that's that's their new release coming up there, Mercury, which should launch. I said mid September, which will oh. allow you to start actually earning. You know, pay, right. they're going to pay you for your time, pretty much. Basic attention. I like that. He's trying to flip the advertising model upside down. I mean, I saw you could log in there and that you can pay like your favorite sites. They're like, well, you haven't added to your account yet. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they have a browser called Brave, which is what they're using to test their basic attention token. It's going to be the center of it, but I haven't tried it for, you know, the PC yet. But on the phone, on the Android, it works pretty well. I've been, I've used it a little bit on PC. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I like it. Um, I, I think he's got a better idea as far as the security too. It makes me feel better anyway. But it'll, I think that that token's gonna that one can really go. So I mean, that's it's got plenty, plenty like you said, talent and management behind it. It's got a real, obviously real product can be a real 
game changer. I mean, it doesn't have to dominate all of web browsing, but it's not, it's not like it's just going to disappear. So I, I feel more confident in that one that it's not going to be one that just, you know, loses 80% and just bounces around the bottom. I think that this one you can really, I, this is one I want to be more aggressive on. So I like just trading it around when, when we get our signals and stuff, but yeah, we had a nice, we were kind of slowly buying the last couple of weeks and then I did offer, put some offers out. There's kind of, kind of tough to talk about on the, the podcast, but usually in some of my videos, I'll talk about the, those prior highs. There were two spikes. So literally we just offered into those two spikes up there and then got lifted here um, today, early morning in London, which is nice to see. And I think, I think there's a whole another longer term move up on that one. So yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. Metal was up good this week too. That one has really nice pops. Um, I have, you know, doesn't they're a little bit more quiet about what they want to do. There's a little bit, I don't know. Some people have opinions about that CEO. To me, it's like, you know, it's 50, 50 where they have a project that's going to be huge or not, but that's enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think they've really started ramping up their, their uh, marketing. doesn't seem like it, you know, I mean, even when they came out and it started uh, trading on the exchange, they didn't even have their website listed on like coin market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their advertising is pretty lacking, but I mean, you can kind of look at that as a, that's an easy thing to improve. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Neo people are a little bit anxious about that one. Uh, you know, my response to them is just patience. I mean, it had a big run up, so these things need time to rest. It's not always about a price level. People always go, where do I want to buy? Where do I want to buy? What level? It's like sometimes it's not really about the price level. It's about you got to let X amount of time go by before it's ready to rally again. So. We did nibble on NEO. That was one of the few that I could find that was down. I mean, as we push Bitcoin up towards 5,000, Litecoin's been on a huge run. I mean, you got to take profits on Litecoin today and yesterday. It's just basically gone vertical. But sometimes you could take profit in Litecoin, then Ethereum will be kind of dragging behind. But which of the three it is, but even, I mean, Ethereum's right underneath its all time high there at 400 or whatever change. So to me, the major, the big cap crypto is a little bit overbought up here. So obviously we're staying long. I think we want to take a little bit more right in front of 5,000 and we'll see what happens there. You might see some sellers. But point being is that as we take profits in Litecoin, I don't want to just move from Litecoin to Bitcoin. So it's like what other altcoins can we maybe spread it around if you don't want to be in just dollars. And uh, uh, NEO is one I like. We did start a new position on Civic. Mm-hmm. What do you like about them, Alec? You know the. I mean, when you go down the list, I mean they have a good team, good project. I mean they have a working product. Uh, I think it's the biggest thing that a lot of these other coins just don't have. Uh, yeah. And speaking of you know spikes up, Monero jumped what a few hundred percent in a few days. That one's good too. That was that's one of our favorites for sure. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to start. I I would be be interested in doing some mining on it. I mean, not, not physical mining, but some contracts. Yeah. Or the cloud mining stuff. Mm -hmm. I know some people have their opinions to me. It just seems like Genesis mining and what's the other one? Hash flare seems like maybe the only two legit ones. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, Monero will keep trading around. I mean, making a lot, we're making a lot more money just outright trading around the model. But yeah, that's one that we like. Uh, I'm trying to think what else for next week. Uh, we just started our fun fair position yesterday. Fun, yeah, and that was up last I looked like 10, 12%. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, I know you know this, but to the listeners, see, when we get into a position, our mindset's a little different. We don't, a lot of, I would, I'm not, maybe not even novice traders or amateur traders, but even the professional. Sometimes the thinking is as soon as they get into a position, they want to immediately go in their favor. Well, we like to give ourselves, it's easier to time a market and be more consistent if you give yourself several entries. So that was our first entry and it already starts to move up. Yeah, we're still going to make money, but I was kind of actually looking for a deeper dip to kind of get a bigger position on. We'll see. So, but I mean, normally if something's up 15% in the morning, you know, usually we'll take profit on that. But since this is our only first lot, I didn't do anything with, you know, we didn't do anything with that today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a good one. That was one of your ideas, fun fair. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. What are they, casino? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many gambling coins that are based on, you know, casinos and gambling. It's it's getting a little ridiculous, but fun fair is the one to beat. They're the kind of the ones that have all the headlines. I mean, the, they got they got a working product, you know. First off, which you know, not many of the other ones have, if any. You know, dedicated team, regular updates, transparent. Right. Hey, can you do the esports on there, like fantasy stuff? Honestly, I think they're just really their plans are just to make their their product, their games and currency, and then sell that to casinos, which the casinos can then start marketing. Oh, okay. Are they are they out of Asia? I don't I don't think so. I think yeah. they're they're stationed here. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, we're so used to just trading the trading the model and the charts. It's like we only need it. Some people really want to dig into all the details and the fundamentals, but at the end of the day, it's like just having your timing process is going to help you more. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. So anyway, we'll, we'll look into that one more. Yeah, it's just uh, it's nice to know, you know, just. This a little bit of story behind these coins before you, you know, start your first position. Yeah, I mean, there's, that is the thing with the all coins. You could you could time it well, and then still, if it just it's a project just falls out from underneath you, mm-hmm. and then there's no bounce ever. You just go right to zero. Yeah, and that's that's the risk you take. I mean, that's why we got our what our altcoin portfolio spread out across like five or fifteen positions. Oh yeah, fifteen. Fifteen sounds a little bit more right. Yeah, with five with five main um, bigger cap positions that we'll get a little bit heavier in. Maybe I'll just do some videos on that. Um, just because I think some people have some questions. Well, if I have ten grand and I want to start trading this stuff, how do I do it? Where do I do it? Um, we might have some solutions for that down the road. But just as far as like if they're going to do it on their own, where do they start their allocation? Like, should I buy? $2,000 of my $10,000 in this pair and how many lots do I break it out into? I think that would probably be a good, I probably should do a video on that. Yeah, time. I mean, it's a little overwhelming when you take a look at that list of 300 different coins. Oh, yeah, right. Well, yeah, so the just the amount that are coming out. But then I think people are like, well, I got this stake i want to trade it where do i start okay i'm going to divide it up into five to ten positions okay so then each position i'll have about a thousand 
And then I think people get lost and they put their whole thousand in in one shot. And that's why they always want it to go up in their favor right away, which is they break it out into like five entries, you know? Okay. I'll buy it. That's the thing. Like fun fair or a name you don't really know. You put 200 bucks in, you wait, it goes lower. You put another 200 in, you build your position and then you're not so antsy about a 10% drop on something like that. Well, I mean, it also allows you to take, take profits. Right. You should, right, you should come out the same way. Right, you should scale out on the way up. A lot of people, people make all, all deal in absolutes, you know, what we see. Yeah, you see, exactly. You see them sell Litecoin three days ago, and now they're out of it. Well, if you just leave a piece, you've gotten, where you even hit 100 today, almost? Yep. So, well, I think that's a good first episode. So uh, I guess we just wrap our second episode. I'll wrap, wrap it up with um, if you guys are new to us, we're always very uh, thankful. We're partnering um, and doing this with the BitcoinPodcast.com. You probably already know that. That's why you're here. You found us. Um, our website is uh, Jenkins RM. Company is Jenkins Risk Management. JenkinsRM.com. Um, my Twitter handles the Jason Jenkins. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, what am I missing out? Pretty much said it all. JenkinsRM.com has pretty much all that information already. Yeah, and so we do a lot in trading, but this show specifically is more about cryptocurrencies. Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about trading, but underneath the services tab, we have a crypto coin team. That's probably the best place to get involved with us. Or just come in on the chat, chat room at the top header of the menu. It's free to get in there, send Alec or myself a message or my part, partner read us as well so we'll leave it at that you got anything else out no you pretty much covered everything all right guys we'll join us back here next week we don't really have a set time uh and we should probably fix that yeah we might have to kind of like to keep it a little bit more flexible but we'll be coming at you in a more structured way and um hopefully we can even have some music that the guys are working on uh, etc so All right. until next time best of luck out there and we'll talk to you guys next week